0: than a hundred unique styles of beer each with their own set of ingredients process guidelines history and experience if you're a beer lover an industry leader or somewhere in between a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work
1: welcome to a sense of beer style essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage i'm julia hers
0: and i'm jeremy storton
1: we're advanced Cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles.
0: Well, hello again, Julia. We get to talk about another wonderful British beer, but we're actually entering the category talking about the, the British common or Pale Commonwealth beer. Now, this is a little bit tricky because a lot of these areas that we're going to refer to are not part of the British Commonwealth or part of the British Empire anymore. But because they once upon a time uh, were there, uh, the BJCP calls them the pale uh, Commonwealth beers um, uh, uh, for the 2021 gu- 21 guidelines. Uh, but the, the, what we're going to talk about today is the British Golden Ale. This is a uh, you know I've had a hard time finding it um, uh, or finding a good sample, so I don't have one with me today. Do you have one with you?
1: No, I do not.
0: That's a shame because these are lovely beers. Um, but uh, the, uh, just a quick background on what these beers are: they they're they're, they're uh, kind of a, a, a first cousin to a pale beer or or bitter that we talked about uh, previously in a different uh, style cast, but. You know, we have talked about this before. As as Pilsners and pale lagers dominated the world, a lot of ale producers started creating beers to kind of compete, and this one is no different. Uh, this uh, British Golden Ale came along uh, right around you know nineteen eighties um, to to really try and uh, take advantage of the of the market. Um, Uh, so, but let's get started with this, uh, this, this beautiful beard. Uh, sadly we don't have a, a sample, like I said, uh, next time we'll reach out uh, to someone to send one, but, uh, let's talk about ingredients. Maybe that will kind of, uh, hone us into, uh, what we should expect.
1: Yeah. And ingredients will kind of take us to the big overall picture, right? And it's, uh, usually this style is well hopped. It has an emphasis of hops, we definitely have um, the sense that uh, this is a sessionable style as well. And the word key that's key here um, for golden means it is paler color. So that all fits with where the ingredients kind of land. Um, you've got the, the common uh, ingredients of low colored pale malt, right? Um, so, most commonly English pale malt, or you can even have lager malt because these beers were brewed to compete with the lagers of the day from Germany, albeit really emphasized um, as a style in England and grew up from there. You've got the essence of adjuncts, which many mass-produced lagers also have. You can have corn, um, sugar as a fermentable, really not about the yep. flavor, and you can even have wheat. Wheat will give it a little body and mouthfeel, so that's gonna take it past that lager style um, for sure. And then, as I mentioned, the English hops, really, um, you, know, you can use American, but you've got an emphasis from uh, using English hops uh, more earthy, herbal style um, flavors from those English hops, and then most commonly British ale yeast. And with that, those are the ingredients that are, are certainly most common. What, um, what? When you start to think about actually uh, looking at this beer, what does this beer look like, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, if in my imaginary glass in front of me right now, I'm I'm looking at at this this. I mean, it's a golden ale, so therefore it is from light straw to gold, uh, in color. Um, it, and, and it is absolutely brilliant and see-through. I can read the label of the bottle through the glass after drinking it. Um, and you have this, uh, kind of low to moderate white head. Uh, and, and that really depends on if you remember from, uh, for those of you who listened or watched our, uh, bitter, uh, British bitter style cast, what we're really talking about is, uh, you know, there's, there's on draft version and there's a bottled version. Now, if we're talking on draft, they're not going to have a very strong, persistent head because these are likely coming off of a beer engine, likely cask ale. Uh, but if it's in the bottle, it's going to be a little bit stronger, a little bit, um, uh, a little bit more carbonated. So we're going to have two different uh, kind of a, a columns of foam here and two different glasses, even though it's the same beer, but just understanding that that's why. Um so if you if you get it on draft, it's gonna have low to moderate carbonation. If you get it in a bottle, it's gonna be closer to moderate carbonation. Uh but that is what I'm looking at in my imaginary glass. What about the aroma? What do you what do you wish you could smell right now? <laughs>
1: Um, Well, the style guidelines, rightfully so, as I already alluded to, lead with describing for the hops. So in aroma, and this will carry over into flavor too, the hop aroma is at minimum moderate um, low to moderate high. You've got a presence of hops, um, and it is more commonly these English hop varieties, I mentioned the floral, herbal kind of notes. Um, But a citrusy note in the style guidelines is surprisingly starting to sneak in. So as a beer style in the old world of England or the UK and the Commonwealth develops and it's brewed all across the land and the globe, you are going to have acceptable style guidelines influenced by established ingredients that are also often used. So those American hops can bring a little bit of citrus note to the table. So if you get that, it's certainly a part of the aroma that you will get. Um uh low bready malt aromas, which isn't surprising. So low malt, more emphasis on the hop aroma and really not um focus on the caramel. Um, the pale malts are really just light yeah. light hand and or the lager malts used in place of it. Um, you might get some fruity, um, medium, low esters from the English ale yeast. Uh, and then uh, you know, low diacetyl, uh, which is a um, flavor component that's a byproduct of yeast fermentation, which can come out in butterscotch in strong proportions or low butter notes in lower um, aspects. And if really aggressive, affects the mouthfeel. Even we don't want that, but you are allowed low butter notes in this style from the English ale yeast.
0: Yeah, and and along that, you know, uh, that carries over to. The flavor, you know, what you smell is what you taste for the most part with this, um, uh, because it is it is a pale beer. It's a lighter beer for those uh, rare sunny days in the southern coast of, of Britain. Uh, I, you're going to have these, uh, these beers with this kind of a low bready kind of more in the biscuity, more in the pale end of the color corresponding with the flavor continuum, if you will. Um, and again, no flavor, uh, I'm sorry, no caramel in the aroma. We're not going to get uh, caramel uh, in the flavor as well. Unfortunately, um, I do love that, but this is a different beer. Um, the bitterness. Now, this is where is going to be a, a kind of medium to medium high. It's, a, it's more of a hop forward balanced beer, if you will. Um, and along with that, you're going to have the same kind of medium to medium high hop flavor that goes along with that uh, bitterness as well. You can expect uh, out of this British beer to have uh, British hops and that's totally common, but these days more and more they're using uh, hops that come from the U S or elsewhere. So uh, it's, it's completely okay to have uh, a, you know, if, if you're smelling or uh, taste, uh, excuse me, if you're tasting and smelling pine tree and grapefruit and you're thinking, Hey, that's American. Well, you know, you might be right. And that's, and that is okay. the, the esters, those fruit profiles that come through, uh, they can be kind of like palm fruit uh, notes that come through, pear, apple, really light. Uh, they can be light to medium light, uh, medium low, but not very strong at all. And it, But the way that this is going to finish, I mean, this is a great beer for a, a warm day. It's it's medium dry. It's easy to drink uh, and, and goes down nice and clean. Um, how about the mouthfeel? What is the mouthfeel in this beer like?
1: Yeah, well done, Jeremy. And to reline everyone, thanks for joining us. Julie and Jeremy sense a beer style. We're in pale Commonwealth beer, the style from beer judge certification program, 2021 guidelines, British golden ale. Right. And in the Brewers Association style guidelines, which is really more for commercial beers, um, it would be called English style summer ale. Regardless, um, in talking about mouthfeel, uh, light to medium body, these beers are meant to be sessionable, not to be heavy, and really to, as Jeremy alluded to, go um, uh, sip, sip very easily, quickly, and certainly be quenching. Um, and then the carbonation is different. Uh, we always will reference the fact that English beers on draft were originally more cast strength, less volumes of CO2. Um, which is what gives you carbonation. And then you have in the bottles, they can be more highly carbonated. So for mouthfeel, we think about carbonation, certainly, and that could be low to moderate, um, and or that moderate is probably more of the bottled version. Um, You have a little bit of alcohol sense, but very, very low ethanol. And then the last piece of mouthfeel would be uh, that body and weight on the tongue. And that's going to be rather light. Um, So you certainly drink several of them in a session for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the beers that we would compare this to, what what is this beer like? Um, you know, really, we could compare this to an American Pale Ale uh, or or American Summer Ale. Um, you know, when I think about uh, American Pale Ale, you know, most people automatically go to like Sierra Nevada or or even uh, like to Shoots Mirror Pond type of beers, where there are some caramel notes in that beer. Uh, it is great for the shoulder seasons this beer however the british golden ale is is not going to have that caramel that we already talked about um but uh it but it is going to be along those lines of being a very uh slightly hop forward but very balanced uh beer just like these uh uh american pale ales um, Uh, they're not going to have as many esters as uh, a British bitter Uh, is going to be uh, even more hop centric in this, in this uh, regard. But, um, but uh, keep in mind that you, you know uh, you're thinking that these are going to be very British compared to the American beers. And I just want to reiterate this more and more American hops are coming into the fold for these beers. And so the similarities may cross, but they should be, lighter, uh, in, in the malt profile, malt, uh, flavor than, than the, the American counterparts. Um, and that, that's really the best style that uh, we can compare this to, uh, that would go closest toe to toe. Um, what about, uh, I think we're at uh, commercial examples if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. And, and if you are diving into wanting to know what a British golden ale is a, you could homebrew it because there's yep. just not as many examples outside of the UK. So commercial examples. Uh, One thing to note is that if you're listening to this and wanting to really quench your thirst on what this beer tastes like, homebrew it. Because unless you're really in the UK, there's not a lot of commercial examples across the world. Uh, So that's to be noted. Um, One style that I don't even know if it's made anymore, it's not listed any longer in the British um, Golden Ale Style Guidelines for BJCP, but the name itself is indicative of what the style is after, Um, Fuller's Discovery. The notion of discovery means, hey, let's take you to the ale side of things, let's take you to a little bit more color and flavor. Um, and you know, move you from that logger uh, that all of uh, um, many of the world was always competing to either make just as good as the Germans or make something else that people um, also wanted. So British Discovery or Fuller's Discovery definitely comes up. Um, you've got uh, Golden Hill Exmoor Gold mentioned in the style guidelines. Uh, I've got Oakham JHB, which I've heard about over the years. And then also one of the first potentially is Hop Back Summer, lightning um, and that comes up again and again in the beer studies no matter the uh, commercial example though jeremy or if you homebrewed it what are the vital statistics that are common to a british golden ale
0: yeah and this is the part that you know not being a numbers guy more of a visual guy but uh you know the, the patterns uh, all fall in line um you know starting with the uh, original gravity um we're looking at 1038 to 1053 and once again that can give us a clue as to what the ABV is going to be and and that lines up uh almost perfectly this time around the ABV is 3.8 to 5.0 so OG of uh, 1038 to 1053 ABV 3.8 to 5.0 we're we're right in that ballpark uh, when we get to the final gravity, we get a sense of the body and and uh, the drinkability of it, and and we're skirting the issue on this. This one is a 1006 uh, to 1012 for the final gravity, and so I, I use 1010 is that uh, or 1.010 is that um, fence that you know if I lean on either side, it's going to have more body, <clears throat> excuse me, less body. Um, When we get to the bitterness uh, units, uh, we talked about this is a hop forward but balanced style. So this beer can be from 20 to 40 IBUs, um, and it depends on how you use it. It, The the drier uh, body of this beer can potentiate that. Um, But if you get a version that is up to 45, then you're going to have more uh, pronounced uh, hop bitterness out of it. Uh, but again, this is the uh, British Golden Ale. Uh, the SRM is going to be two to five. This is uh, from the lightest of lightest pale to just a, a solid gold color, um, and it is it is just uh, delightful. Uh, when we get to uh, excuse me, when we get to uh, Plato, what, uh, what 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 uh, uh, number of Plato would you expect to see this beer come out if uh, for those people who use the Plato system?
1: Sure. So Plato getting an apparent extract or final gravity listed in the um, Brewers Association style guidelines, not mentioned in BJCP, we're going to see 1.5 to 3.1. So that's the um, equation of the final gravity, but in Plato form. And then also for the EBC or European Brewing Convention color range um, in the BA guidelines, you've got 6 to 12. Yeah. yeah, So a little different than that SRM range of 2 to 6.
0: Well, but keep in mind that EBC is roughly, I think it's 1.97, but it's roughly twice the SRM. So that still falls um, uh, pretty much right in line, slightly, you know, a little bit more than, uh, than double, but we're still in, you know, talking about the same ballpark there. Um, but those are the vital stats for this beer. Let's talk about glassware and serving temp.
1: Sure. And this is a standard. If you start to do your beer studies long enough, your gut instinct will take you to whichever country you're in for that Mm -hmm. beer style. And then you'll have a um, repertoire of glassware to obviously choose from that's tried, tested and true and reliable. Um, So the Nonic Shaker Pint is exactly what you'd want this British gold nail to be in. Um, Jeremy's holding one up if you actually are watching the show and not listening. Uh, They're meant to be more easily stackable. They're less uh, breakable. They've got a little um, bump towards the Top uh, and they also are very nice for your hand to wrap around the whole glass and warm that beer up even more because we like these beers at warmer or cast conditioned temperatures and mm-hmm. not just um, the cold refrigerator temperature that we would have it if you pulled it out. So I'd go with I'd go with No and I would go with cast conditioned temperatures of high 40s, low 50 degrees Fahrenheit um, in the U.S. Uh, world and that's what I would serve it at.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, then let's talk about our favorite and I'll kick it off. Uh, as far as food pairing for a, a beer like this, I I want to pair this with warmer weather uh, to be, to be frank, whether wherever we are in the world, I want, I want something like this with warmer weather. So I'm thinking, um, somewhere along the lines of like a, a chicken sandwich or like pesto and avocado on, on, uh, on like a brioche, maybe some fries, maybe maybe a summer salad with some croutons in there. Um, something that just kind of takes me to this time of year that uh, is like that effervescence um, uh, that may not be there, but the dryness of the body uh, uh, will kind of compound all these things. And that's really what I wanna use to play with the the body of the sandwich with the avocado and the pesto. But some of those flavors, it's like nice pale Color I want to play off with the bread um, and with the chicken kind of pull out some of those uh, those notes that I would expect maybe corn maybe biscuity um, maybe even that corn cereal type of stuff if they're using a, a lager uh, a lager malt um, I want to see how that pulls out different flavors of of the beer personally how about you.
1: You have me hungry and salivating, and wow, <laughs> love the description. My mind goes to more cooking in the kitchen and getting ready for dinner. Uh, you certainly could put this with any entree, but it will because of its lighter, um, you know, finishing uh, gravity and ABV uh alcohol by volume. It won't stand up flavor wise. It will get washed away. That's neither here nor there. Beer is a v- amazing refreshment. So if I served it with, say, um, some fried uh, um, parmesan cheese that's been pressed into a spiral oh yeah I' I'm, I'm not scared to do that Jeremy and you know what it might pull out and coax out some of the biscuit from that low-level biscuit and bread you know bread notes from the pale malt and help the beer shine further in some flavor components um, so that beer the you know the British gold Ale, could be really just used for a sessionable flavorful uh, type of beer to quench the thirst or you can put it with some things that have synergy like like, you know, fried breading, um, fish and chips come to mind, obviously, yep. in England and the like. Um, it's just not going to showcase as prominently, and you're going to hope the beer doesn't um, get barreled over by the food. And instead, the food actually coats out some of the ingredients more so you get a sense of the beer's flavor. Otherwise, it's just quenching, you know, your uh, your palate and getting your, you know, tongue ready for the next bite. It is what it is.
0: Yeah, it is a wonderful beer style if you can find it, if you can brew it. Uh, and, and you know, of course, if you uh, make your way to uh, the UK or, or thereabouts, then make sure you find one of these, uh, particularly uh, during warmer weather. But in the meantime, we'll say, as they say in, uh, in Britain, cheers.
1: Cheers. Thanks for joining us. Good beers to y'all. Be well. Thank you for listening to a sense of beer style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage with advanced Cicerone's me, Julia
0: and me, Jeremy
1: tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prep episodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles.
0: And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening.
1: Cheers.